Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast. I'm your boy, Dante Credo, and I'm riding dolo. I'm riding dolo. My fam is not in the building, but it's all right. It's all right. Well, we, we've taken a nice little break. Uh, real life has been happening, y'all. So we've been, you know, kind of falling back just a little bit, but not too much to where we can't, you know, come and, and stay consistent with the grind, but a lot of good things, a lot of peaks, a lot of valleys in the last couple of weeks. I think it's been a couple of weeks since we last reached out and checked in on y'all and y'all was able to tap in, but you know, we got to do it and, and, and do what it do. If you know what I mean? So, um, again, I'm your boy, Dante Credo. This is episode 67. So there's, there's a lot we need to tap in on. There's a lot we need to tap in on. So, I mean, um, my favorite lemonade is making a spiked version. Simply lemonade is making simply spiked lemonade. Listen, hear me when I tell you, hear me that who is excited for this round of applause, standing ovation, salute, Five on the black hand side. Reverse it up high, down low. Take it back, you too slow. Dap it up, bank head bounce. Get jiggy with it, for instance. We are here, and I'm ready for it. We are here for it. We here for it. I am here, because, you know, all I'm saying is that that's my favorite lemonade. And y'all got a spiked version coming? That got a spike version? Man, come on, man. Come on. Stop playing. So I'm I'm lit about that. So y'all gonna have to let me know in, in the comments, in, in the email. Let me know what y'all think about that. Um uh, another bit of uh, a bit of a downer, honestly, is you know, we was all hype in the last episode, in episode 66. Um, we was hype about Maya Angelou being on the quarter. I was under the false impression. That's what I get for not reading. Um, and, and that's, that's just what I get. I didn't read. Um, it's not going to permanently replace the, the current quarter that features the face of George Washington. So it's not going to feature the face. It's not going to replace the quarter. This is just like a limited series um, that you can kind of get your collection. I think there's a couple more people that they are going to feature on the quarter uh, alongside Maya Angelou. So it's not just Maya Angelou on the quarter. Uh, so I had to make sure that I corrected that before I forgot or forget rather. Um, you know, so it, it is what it is. But honestly, I'm just like, y'all could have just replaced the whole the the whole quarter. George Washington, he's already on the dollar. So it's it's cool. You could replace, you can take George Washington off the quarter, put Maya Angelou on that bitch, and then y'all could have just, you know, appeased us with a little bit more symbolism that you already do. With that said, happy Black History Month 
we are in this thing. And in the words of Kanye West, Kanye West said, you know what? There is no more Black History Month. It's now Black Future Month. So happy Black Future Month, everybody. And we, we've already have started to piss some people off because right as Black History Month has started, Whoopi Goldberg from The View got into some trouble and thus subsequently suspended. Like everything was going good with, with Whoopi and The View. Uh, and all of a sudden she got hit with one of them and kicked the fuck out of The View for at least a couple of weeks. Uh, and for those who don't know who I'm talking about, y'all know Whoopi. Y'all may know Whoopi from The View, but you know, a lot of us old heads, I'm not even going to lie. It's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm walking into my old headness. Uh, pause if that's a plausible thing. I'm walking in, into my, into my, um, my, my, my zaddy phase. Cause you know, I'm in that zaddy phase right now. They were like, you, you know, I'm a mature nigga, mature nigga, but I look too damn good. I look too damn good to be as mature as I am. So, you know, I'm walking into that zaddy phase, but for those who remember Whoopi Goldberg, we know her from the movies, Sister Act, um, Sister Act 2, Color Purple, just, you know, and there's she a slew of movies uh, before she becomes um, a regular host on the very liberal uh, women's-led talk show host, talk show, whatever, The View. Um, and so I'm, I'm trying to see, maybe I can find a clip. Is there a clip of her... And what she has said, I'm going to try to find it. And once I find it, I'm going to play it. Uh, and we're going to see what she meant because she made some comments that, that pissed off the Jewish community. Cause she made some, some comments about, you know, uh, about the, uh, the Jewish community and the cause of the Holocaust. So I'm just going to read it because you know me, I, I like to do the video thing on it you know so um we gonna go here and look here but the funny thing about it you know Whoopi Goldberg herself identifies as Jewish um but the controversy began brewing on The View the daytime talk show she co-hosts during a discussion Monday uh the date of this podcast is Friday February 4th so this happened on Monday um over the recent controversy over Tennessee school board's decision to ban Moss, the iconic graphic memoir about the Holocaust. Um, she says the genocide was not about race. It was instead about man's inhumanity to man. And it involved two white groups of people. They didn't like that. They didn't like that. So, you know, they didn't like those comments. And so they, they went after Whoopi. So, but, but she quickly, very quickly came back with an apology. Um, you know, she, she said, and I'll read the apology as well on today's show. I said, the Holocaust is not about race, but about man's inhumanity to man. I should have said it is about both as Jonathan Greenblatt from the anti-defamation league shared the Holocaust was about the Nazi systemic annihilation of the Jewish people who they deemed to be an inferior race. I stand corrected. The Jewish people around the world have always had my support and that will never waver. I'm sorry for the hurt that I caused written with my sincerest apologies, Whoopi Goldberg. But that wasn't enough. That wasn't enough. They said, nah, you have to pay. And the very platform that kind of stands for the cancel culture thing 
she herself became a victim of the cancel culture. So, um, so she has been suspended. She hasn't been fired, but she's been suspended for two weeks for those comments. Um, and there are some people that stands with her. Um, honestly, you know, me count me among them. I'm just, I just have an inherent knack to go against the grain. Um, but you know, it was a bit, it wasn't entirely accurate, but I understood what she was trying to say. Um, because at the end of the day, it did involve two groups of white people by, uh, especially American race and ethnic group standards. But at the same time, you know, she was a little off because it, it was, it wasn't just about, you know, it, it was a systemic thing was a systemic, uh, one thing about, um, what I believe when it comes to the, the issues of race, especially when it comes to the systemic oppression of anybody. But I think coming from a person of color, then I do think that we need to make sure that we are on our P's and Q's because all the damn time we as black people, we are always having to correct somebody who's saying some out of pocket shit, even if it's well-intentioned, but we always have to correct people who even say out of pocket, well-intentioned shit. So, you know, when we speak on other groups of people, then we also need to make sure that we ourselves aren't spitting out of pocket, well-intentioned shit. So the theme of today will be out of pocket, well-intentioned shit. <laughs> so that's what, that's just what's going to happen today. Um, so, you know, how, how's everybody doing out there? First of all, like I said, it's been so long. It's been, it just, just been such a long time. It seemed like, even though it was only, only a couple of weeks, but a couple of weeks in the podcast game, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. And a, a lot can happen. So, you know, I just hope everybody's doing well out there. Um, and speaking on matters and issues of the black community, there is a, a clip that I, uh, I am going to share that I'm actually ready to share. <laughs> and since we're speaking on the black community, I'll go ahead and get this bit out the way. Cause like I said, I'm not planning on uh, having this episode be entirely too long unless you like to hear my voice, unless you like to hear me talk, you know, um, I'm just going to hit the points. I'm going to hit the topics. I'm going to say my little piece and this, that, and the third. And I got a little surprise for y'all towards the end of this, uh, a special read along, if you will, with uh, one of my, my many talented um, voice impressions that I can do. I'm going to go into midnight radio mode for y'all for, for a quick second there. And then we're going to get up out of here. But uh, since we're in black history month and we are talking about the black community and things, I'm going to share a particular video that has this Tennessee judge uh, in a bit of in a bit of hot water, if you will, because of some comments he made uh, about the black community. Of course, this is a white Tennessee judge. Uh, name really doesn't matter, but his name is Wayne Shelton, Judge Wayne Shelton. Um, but he had this to say about the black community. Uh, and let's see what he's talking about. All right. All right. Here we go. Tired of seeing white men shooting at each other in this community, in this nation. I don't understand it. I grew up in a time when people wore white robes and they shot at black people. And now we see young black men wearing black hoodies shooting at black men and doing much more effective jobs than the Klan ever thought about doing. I'm sick of it. 
course, the only thing I can do is shout it from here. No one seems to listen. So, y'all, y'all let me know for those who are listening. Um, again, this is Jane, uh, Judge Wayne Shelton. And basically, he's like, you know what? I'm tired of seeing black men killing each other. I'm back in my day because he, he is an older man. Um, he, he definitely, um, for those who are watching the video, you, you can see, you can see what it looks like. But he definitely gives off Colonel Sanders vibes. Like he, he could be the poster child for KFC. Like he looks exactly like Colonel Sanders, you know, so just, just all white, everything as far as hair, facial hair, you know? So he's like, back in my day, there used to be white, white men in white robes shooting at and, and, and killing black men. Now there's black men in black hoodies shooting other black men and he's tired of it, you know? But of course, when he says this, the black community, well, I'm not going to say the black community because I, I tend to have, a particular take when it comes to the black community where honestly, I don't think there is a black community. Yeah. I, I, I said that I did. I know. I know y'all, y'all, y'all ain't fucking with that take. I know you're not. I know you're not, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay too, too long on it, but I, I don't think there really is a black community, but we'll save that for another time in another video. But you know, pockets in, of black people came to him like, hey, hey, white man, who are you to speak on black issues? Who are you to speak for us? What are you trying to say? I think you being racist. Yeah, that they, they, they did actually say that. I think you being racist. So what? So what's going on here? I don't think you should just do your job because it's you, if anybody, that's perpetuating the system that's putting all of our black men in jail and y'all just locking up our black men and taking them off the street and you should look at yourself and because you are part of the problem too. Um. Yeah, so that's that's what they did. Um, and, and so my, my response to that is to, to that take is shut the fuck up. Thank you, please. Because he's right. Because he's right. Because we have been and still are in a system that honestly, we don't need the KKK anymore. We don't need Tulsa bombings. We don't need any massacres and we don't need groups of white men and to, to come through and, and, and massacre black towns and stuff like that. Why? Because we do it to each other because as much as we don't want to acknowledge it, black on black crime is actually a thing. However, not in the context in which people mainly like white people and white conservatives like to say, because you know, of course, in their context, no, there isn't such thing as black on black crime because black people aren't killing black people because they're black, right? It's not like the other black person. I got to kill him just because he's black. The murder rate and the homicide rate within the black community to the black community is not based on race. Of course, we also know that is a crime of proximity. That's just crime. But it is we're dealing with poverty, uh, extremely impoverished uh, areas, and just in those areas, crime happens. But that problem does exist within the black community where we 
kill each other. Statistically speaking, the greatest threat to a black man is another black man. That's just the numbers. That just is what it is. Now, that's not running with their narrative talking about um, that we're killing each other just based on race. But thanks to instances and things like redlining and all these other passively racist laws and, and, and statutes and um, whatever other synonyms for laws you want to put in that basically bunched all the black people into the ghettos so they can build up to keep all the black people bottled in one spot and the white people can build out into their nice suburbs and keep the black people out their nice suburbs. That's a thing. Redlining. It is such a devastating, it is probably nothing is going to top the trauma and the horrendous experience that racism brought to the black community, to, to black people. But another less, less brutal, but equally brutal in, a, in a, an entirely different way, redlining still destroyed us. Generations were affected and, and utterly just destroyed. But either way, all that being said, nah, I think Judge Wayne Shelton, you are absolutely right. And, you know, I applaud you for speaking about it. Uh, I am saddened that you feel like these words will not reach the people that is intended to reach because it does need to reach. Like we need some sort of awakening. We really do. And the, the problem is that I find so sad is the fact that every single person has one of these. They have one of these. For those that's listening, I'm holding up my cell phone. Like they have one of these. So the information is literally, literally, literally in the palm of your hands. Literally. So, you know, it, instead of being mad at the messenger, understand the message because he is not, in this case, speaking out of pocket, well intentioned shit. He's speaking facts. Actually, the response to him that I have seen and the quote unquote backlash has been misinformed out of pocket shit. That doesn't really roll off the tongue like, like, like out of pocket, well intentioned shit. But y'all out of pocket and y'all need to fall back and listen to what this man is saying because he's speaking facts. Judge Wayne Shelton, I applaud you. You speaking facts, my guy. And, um, and yeah, <laughs> and yeah, so moving right along, um, I don't know if y'all heard this, but there's a, 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 I haven't been to a mall in a long, long time. Uh, even before, uh, the, you know, before we got into this whole, this whole panorama, uh, known as the Rona before all this stuff here, I, I was online. All my shit came online. All my shoes, I bought them online. Because I, honestly, I love people, but at the same time, I hate people. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. Like, that's why I think podcasting is perfect for me because I'm introverted. Um, Yeah. So, uh, so with that said, um, I haven't set foot in like 
a Foot Locker or any of these shoe stores in a very long time. It's it's, it's been years, easily years, that I've stepped foot in in a uh, in in a shoe store because if I wanted shoes, like I said, I just go online and order them. Um, I, I would just go on Amazon and just order off Amazon, which that's the perfect segue into the you know the next little topic that we're gonna talk about. But back to Foot Locker. If you are still going to Foot Locker, I will suggest that you please make sure that you check your shoes. That um, again, just check your shoes, please, because people are nasty out here. And one thing that this uh whole personal pan pizza has taught us that people are nasty when it comes to the Rona. Um, people are nasty. They don't like to be clean. They don't, they aren't very clean. So germs, 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 germs. All right. So I played that maybe a little prematurely, but the reason I, I, I played that, you know, the, the, the hell now is because Foot Locker manager has been accused of sharing a video of him skeet skeeting into some uh, into Nike shoes. Um, I really don't know why. I really don't care why. Why you thought that you know? Hey, I am going to skeet into some shoes. Um, I I, I just don't understand. <laughs> I'm just like. Like what? <laughs> like, what's going on? So, um, this was actually about a week ago, but like I said, we've been gone. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and read uh, this article. Actually, I will go ahead and just share the screen so those who are watching, they you know we we can we can go along together. All right, so. Sneakerhead Twitter has gone all right today with an inflammatory and disgusting accusation coming out of Foot Locker in Canada, not Canada. An employee at the sneaker retailer, Brampton, Ontario. The store has been accused of ejaculating in sneakers before giving them to prospective customers to try on. Wow. The accusation stems from a since-deleted Instagram post that names a 27-year-old manager as the culprit. That is crazy. According to the user, those who those who account has now been deleted or changed handles. The manager shared a video on the social media accounts multiple times in which he can be seen in the inventory room completely naked and admitting to ejaculate it inside of a shoe before bringing it to a customer. That is crazy. This is a huge health health risk and hygienic issue. The Twitter wrote, we demand that this manner needs to be thoroughly investigated by proper protocols to be in place. All right, so that's that's just crazy. That's crazy. It's like, I mean, I mean, of course you would think this is a huge health risk and a hygienic issue. Like, of course, <laughs> we demand that this manner be needs to be thoroughly investigated and proper protocols need to be in place. Um, but someone says I'm not posting the video. But once again, Brampton is the worst place in Canada. Is Brampton the worst place in Canada, y'all? Like, I need, I, I need some sort of uh, some confirmation on that. Like, is is Brampton the worst place in Canada? Like, that is crazy. But the the caption, I'm not gonna do the the uh or even attempt to find this video because yeah. Oh, hell no. no, no, I'm good. I'm good on that. But uh, on one of the the 
post that was made. The caption says, attention, this is Darian Kidd, 27 of Mississauga. Mississauga. He is the store manager at Foot Locker, Bramala City Center. This disturbing video was posted on Darian's social media handles, where it has been shared multiple times and seen by many people. As seen in the video, Darian Kidd was in the inventory room of Foot Locker, completely naked, where later on in the video, he had confessed to ejaculating in shoes and bringing them to the storefront where customers could be exposed to bodily fluids. This is a huge health risk and hygienic issue. In addition to these trying times where health and safety is expected to be at peak measures, especially with COVID-19, Foot Locker has failed to meet customers' expectations. Foot Locker, are these the type of employees you have? We demand that this manner be, needs to be thoroughly investigated and proper protocols need to be put in place. All right. So, um, so here comes the jokes. Honestly, as fucked up as this is, I, I need to see the jokes. I'm here for the jokes. So uh, a spoke a spokesperson for Foot Locker confirmed uh, that the company is aware of the video and said Foot Locker is committed to operating with the highest ethical standards and this type of behavior is not tolerated. We are aware of the incident and are taking appropriate steps to address the situation. Despite the seriousness of the situation in which customers may have been unwittingly exposed to bodily fluids, jokes have been naturally unleashed all over Twitter. Suffice to say that there have been plenty of graphic videos and quotes attached to the story and inevitable comparisons has been drawn to the Margiela cum shoes that went viral in 2020. Um, yeah, that's, that's just, that's crazy. That's just so crazy. I, I, I don't, I just don't understand. I don't understand. Like what is, I used to be a naive type person where I would think that, you know what? see the good in everybody. You know, there's good in everybody. Everybody deserves a chance, a second chance, a third chance even, fourth, fifth even. You know, never give up on anybody. But as I've gotten older, I've become more cynical um, and honestly, a bit more apathetic to people where I'm like, honestly, people are evil. People are, people are evil. People are selfish. Um, they're arrogant. They will do whatever, whatever to to make it for themselves, even if it's at the expense of others. I understand that, that um, people believe or, or still say, well, Darwinism is especially alive and well, even today in these technological advanced times. All right, cool. But I just, I am under the assumption that people are evil. People are absolutely evil. Uh, selfish and just the absolute insane things that they do for whatever reason. Like it's crazy. It is crazy. All right. But, you know, but that's, that's just, that's just what it is. Like that's just, I don't know. That's, I don't know. It's, that's just insane. It's, it's just insane. Um, so I think that there was an, another another tidbit that I wanted to talk about. Um, and I'm trying to just get, you know, deal with the tidbits. Like I said, it's going to be a short and sweet one. Um, so sidebar, some good news for those that have followed the um, the McMichael. Follow the McMichael trial. You know, those are the the dumbasses and assholes who ran down and shot and, and murdered Amar Arbery, where they, they were sentenced guilty. 
guilty. Uh, y'all can check out my video that I covered that on, on the YouTube channel, youtube.com slash talk my credo. And please, you know, help us out, subscribe to that channel because, um, you know, clips and, and stuff of, of the podcast, the video version will be uploaded. And then we will have the full versions, uh, of the, of the podcast available on our Patreon that has yet to be, um, created. <laughs> but that is the plan. But with that verdict, there is um some a, a little a little development when it comes to them, um, where the judge just accepted the guilty plea to federal hate crimes from Greg and Travis McMichael, but rejected the federal request that say that they serve their time in federal prison. In other words, like, nah, nigga, y'all going to gym pop, uh, y'all going to where just let's just be honest. Y'all going to where y'all can get fucked up. Y'all going to be in places where somebody can potentially fuck you up. Fuck around and find out. Y'all can get fucked up. So what you going to do there, boy? What you going to do? Yeah, what you going to do there, boy? Because we all going, y'all's going to get fucked up. I reckon there, Derry. I just, I just found that like, huh? Now you scared, huh? You thought you was big and bad when you ran down Amar Barry in Amar Arbery in the street, huh? Murdered him with a shoddy, huh? Thought you was going to get off because the other dude that filmed it was lying, huh? You knew the, you knew the district attorney, and she tried to bury it, so y'all knew y'all was going to get off, huh? But the black people rose up and got your asses exposed, huh? Got your ass sent to trial and found guilty on all charges, every single one of them bitches, huh? And now you scared, huh? Because they going to fuck you up, huh? <laughs> so, you know, with that attempt, it was a nice try, Travis and Greg McMichael. But unfortunately... You lose, bitch. You lose. Um, but that, but that's just that, man. That's just that. I, I just, I, I like, you know, when justice is actually served, it's great. You know, on, on paper, the things this country stands for, it's amazing, amazing when it works like it's supposed to work. But there's too many corrupt hands in it now for anyone to take any of this seriously. Uh, or to have any type of faith within it, especially if people like you have had had a history of, you know, getting the short end of the straw when it comes to things. So, you know, that's just that just is what it is. So, um, I'm, I'm gonna get into what I really want to get into because I've been laughing for a little over a week when it comes to this content because I I I am confusion. I am confusion when it comes to what the hell am I looking at? And I made mention of this before, but now I am completely decided. I am determined and I am 10 toes down in this decision. I will become an author. I will write a book. I'll write a book because this next section here features a particular author 
if you will. But hey, he wrote a book, so he's an author. Actually, he wrote a lot of books, a lot of books. And he has garnered a lot of attention, especially in, in, in the black community uh, section for the type of books that this author writes. So he goes by the name of Quan Mills and the type of books that he writes is uh, I'm, I'm going to share my screen for those who are watching. Uh, yeah. So for the type of books he, he writes is very, very ratchet. And that's to say the least. So what you guys are seeing is I'm going to show you one particular, one particular collection of books where he has written. And there was a particular post where it was like, which movie or which book would you like to see developed into a movie? So the first book that I'm going to read for my listeners, it's as follows. Book number one, pregnant by my granddaddy's boyfriend. Pregnant by my granddaddy's boyfriend. Book number two. Pregnant by my husband's granddaddy. <laughs> Pregnant by my husband's granddaddy. Yes, that is a book. Number three. Sleeping with my baby daddy's boyfriend. I repeat. Sleeping with my baby daddy's boyfriend. <laughs> Number four, sleeping with my granddaddy's side chick. Sleeping with my granddaddy's side chick. <laughs> Number five, pregnant by my sister's gay baby daddy. <laughs> pregnant by my sister's gay baby daddy. Yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this, this is real. Number six, pregnant by my mama's side, nigga. Pregnant by my mama's side, nigga. You kind of, you kind of follow a theme there, doesn't it? There's a particular theme that you follow along there. Hmm, a lot of these things seem to be very similar. Pregnant by my granddaddy's boyfriend, pregnant by my husband's granddaddy. Sleeping with my baby daddy's boyfriend. Sleeping with my granddaddy's side chick. Pregnant by my sister's gay baby daddy. Pregnant by my mama's side nigga. All written by the great Quan Mills. I, I just, I just got to give a round of applause. Round of applause. Hey, salute. Salute, man. Hey. That I can I can imagine the literary genius of this material here. It deserves nothing but praise and adulation. It deserves all the props. It deserves all the flowers. Regardless of what type of flower it may be, give this nigga a flower. Quan Mills, you are that nigga. Not even gonna lie. I ain't gonna hold you. All the flowers in the world, standing ovation, yes. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so, when it comes to, when it comes to, there, there's, there's more, because he's written a lot of books. And so I need y'all to 
to understand here. I'm going to, I'm going to pull up another screen here and I'm going to show, you know, I'm, I'm giving them all his flowers. I'm giving them all his flowers and we're going to read some more of his titles. I'm going to skip the first one for those who's watching because we're, we're, we're going to give a little special attention to that one, but he has books, other books called the old thought next door, the old thought next door to the finale. Another book called this hole got roaches in her crib. Yes. He wrote a book called this hole got roaches in her crib. He has another book, my psycho baby daddy. Another book, my baby mama is a loser. Another book, CNA thoughts. Another book, project whole dreams. Another book, the sequel, this hole got roaches in her crib. Episode two. Oh yes, the coldest thug ever, a thug's rise. Another book, Taxis and Thoughts, episode one. But wait, you thought two was enough. You need the finale. This hoe got roaches in her crib, episode three. (laughs) When a bad bitch and a savage link up in urban romance standalone. Yeah. Hoe is life, the full standalone. Project Whole Dreams, episode two. My Baby Mama is a Loser, episode two. Taxis and Thoughts, episode two. Gutter Chicks Do Gutter Things. Games Hoes Love to Play. A prequel to Hoes Life. And the most famous book of all that is getting, that is catapulting this man into superstardom is the book titled Pastors Eat Pussy Too. Pastors Eat Pussy Too. And because of that, we're going to read an excerpt of Pastors Eat Pussy Too. But first, we need to set the mood. So let's set the mood. We're going to turn down the lights. Yes, get it nice and dim. And then we're going to play a little music because we need to set the mood right, you understand? Oh, yeah. Now, now, Now that the mood is set, now I present to some and introduce to others the smooth silky voice of Dante Credo welcome to the midnight oil where the grown and sexy play So tonight, you'll be getting a special reading from the book, Pastors Eat Pussy Too, narrated by yours truly, the sensual zaddy himself of Dante Credo. Strap in, here we go. 
the grown and sexy is out to play. <laughs> I'll now read from the book. Yes! Slob on that cat passer. Eat that shit, old nickel. You like how that cat tastes? Hell yeah, girl. I bit my bottom lip hard. What it tastes like? Tell me, I moan. I held tightly to the size of Pastor's head with my hand as he relentlessly devoured the fuck out of my guts. Shit, tastes like candy yams, girl. And not that nasty ass shit in the can. I'm talking fresh yams with all types of marshmallow, cinnamon, and brown sugar. He paused for a moment and ran his big bell pepper nose from my clit to my ass, taking a long whiff. Bitch, my pussy juices overflow up just thinking of how this old nigga was so fucking nasty. Pastor Wilson moaned and then he said, mm, and butter. And just like how Grandmama Nim used to make it back in Hattiesburg. But girl, you know I love the way your old little coochie smell. Pastor chuckled in his thick, deep Mississippi accent. Without hesitation, he went back to slurping and sucking on my little puss. He slowly caressed my inner thighs with the ends of his fingertips. It was crazy, too, because I was still so motherfucking blown away by the fact that this old nigga had polished fingernails. I noticed that shit when I first met his ass. If he wasn't a pastor, I think this nigga was a fucking pimp. Shit, me lean to the eggs on the job, buffering them nails, though. I might need that little agent hoe's phone number so I can book an apartment. As the so-called man of God continued to suck my sin and soul out my sexy-ass body, my legs shivered nonstop like I was having a seizure. Bitch, go get me some CBD or something, because I swore I was seconds away from squirting all over this man's bed. You like that, huh? The bishop moaned through an incessant whooshing sound of his succulent slips. Shh, don't talk. Just keep eating that little pussy. Wrap them big black lips around my click, old nigga. I threw my head back and sunk it into the pillow. My eyes closed and now I kid you not, all I could see and feel was heaven. My hands gripped the bed. Jesus, Pastor Wilson's click sucking seemed to intensify. Ooh, speaking of which, I just knew Maria or Jose was going to be mad as fuck in the morning when they come in and have to change these motherfucking sheets, bitch. My thick ass legs were wide open like a football field. And now I had this old crusty ass nigga playing in it like he was the quarterback. Except Pastor Wilson wasn't running the ball. The old fuck nigga was running his tongue in and out my pussy and my ass. This nigga was truly an MVP. Somebody come give this nigga a ring and induct his ass in the Pussy Eating Hall of Fame. Shit, truth be told, this nigga was like OJ. And yes, OJ, because this old Morgan Freeman looking ass motherfucker was murdering my clip. Even all types of scriptures laced in his tongue. How I was shooketh right now, you hear me? Nothing but the sound of pussy juice slurps filled the cognac and Newport smelling air. The slurps bounce off the walls of the dark, musket hotel room, mixing in with both of our non-stop moans and groans. I couldn't believe this 70-year-old man was eating me out like this. In all my days, I ain't never had a nigga have such perfected head game. This shit was amazing. Here I was, 
23 years old thinking that somebody's nasty ass blessed the hands of the cook praying worms having granddaddy wouldn't that know how to handle some young tender pussy. And that concludes the reading of tonight of Pastors Eat Pussy 2 written by Quan Mills narrated by the sensational Zaddy himself Dante Credo Tune in next time for another spectacular reading by Dante Credo as the Midnight Oil where the grown and sexy play a Alright, so <laughs> Oh my god, if Pete Shaw and KT were here, they would roast them. <laughs> they would roast my ass. <laughs> Alright, here's a small little tidbit, uh, kind of why I'm doing this by myself today. We actually recorded episode 67, but we ran into some technical difficulties. Um, you know, internet issues and stuff like that, since we all are in different locations where we kind of, you know, log in and link up to do this. Uh, just had an issue with one of the uh, one of the files from, from the episode just didn't upload correctly, so we had to kind of scrap the whole recording. Um, so I figured I would do this filling in for everybody, but, um, but yeah, yeah. I I hope you guys enjoyed that. I hope that you were as entertained, uh, as I was reading it. Um, and now you understand why they chose me to read, uh, and be Cyrano de Bergiac or just anybody when it comes to reading. Cause it's, it's just fun to me. Um, (laughs) uh, but the, the description of this book is, Nashauna Nunu Spearman, a local Chicago native, lives her life by one simple motto. Use what you got to get what you want. She's a certified bad bitch that knows how to use her honey to make money. But when her one of her many honey money making plans fall through, she suddenly finds herself having to live life normally for once. The prospect of prison forces her to take a plea deal that requires community service. That's how she ends up in the company of a popular South Side of Chicago pastor who was also running for the mayor of the city. One thing leads to another, and Nunu finds herself scheming and scamming once again. But will her plan backfire? Find out more in Pastors Eat Pussy Too. I <laughs> right, look. I'ma get my jokes off because Quan Mills, I swear, I look at I look at this material. Now, all right. I'm going to talk about the content. I don't know Quan Mills personally, so I'm not coming at him personally at all. Um, and as a matter of fact, you're doing something that I have yet to do. You are an author. You are an author. Matter of fact, you are an author that is getting your shine right now. And as funny as this is, as far as the reading goes, like, bruh, bruh, this is, I don't, this isn't black erotica. This isn't erotica. Cause that's not what it's listed as erotica. This is comedy. This is fucking comedy. But, you doing it. So never mind these jokes. If you do come across this, like 
Yeah, just keep going. But yeah, Urban Erotica. But understand, understand, for this book, Pastors Eat Pussy too, is number two, is ranked number two in Urban, urban is number two uh, in Urban Erotica books. It's number two in the Urban Erotica Kindle store, and it's number four in Black and African American Urban Fiction. <laughs> but you know, it, it it's garnered so much attention, so of course those numbers are spiked. But either either still, even still, it's a hundred pages. Um, and honestly, I would read the book just because it's it's so funny to me. This is hilarious. But one thing's for certain, one thing's for sure, two things for certain. I will become an author. I'm writing a book. I'm writing a book because I'm like shit. I've been rapping my entire life. I've been battle rapping for the last three years and I seem to have a way with words. So yeah, I'm about to write me a book. Yep. Yep. Quam Mills, you just got a competitor. You just got a competitor. <laughs> but, but that is it, man. Listen, y'all let me know what you think about today's episode. Whenever you feel like you need some get away wind down time just come on over to the talk my credo podcast where we embark on bizarre adventures of thought and discussion surrounding topics of society and culture and every now and then you may get a sensational titillating reading from yours truly dante credo when he brings around the midnight oil whether grown in sexy play. Oh, baby. <laughs> I'm out of here, y'all. Listen, it's your boy Dante Credo. Episode 67, we in the books. So, until next time, y'all, stay fly, stay blessed. In the words of peace, y'all, y'all hit us up like, you know, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We're at YouTube dot com slash talk my credo please subscribe that helps us a lot because we want to move and start to uh make content and stuff for y'all full time that is the goal um yeah we we, we want to get out of these jobs we want to get out of these nine to fives i'm cool with the post office but if i don't have to go to the post office because y'all have supported us so greatly then a a i will be eternally grateful to y'all so y'all help us subscribe leave you know all the the reviews and the remarks and all that good stuff just your feedback is greatly appreciated um and needed needed so in the words of peace y'all once again stay fly stay blessed the talk my credo podcast episode 67 is in the books y'all and stay away from well-intentioned out-of-pocket shit or out-of-pocket well-intentioned shit either way we out y'all peace